Well, it's so good to hear the church sing. I miss that so much. Uh, as we are working on our plan this summer, we've used the language of using three different lanes for you to drop, travel in. One is to just stay home and continue to watch in your living room with maybe immediate family. The second is to uh, go to a house party uh, to get together with friends, four to, four to five families, and, and have uh, breakfast together and watch the service. And, and the third lane uh, is, is going to be gatherings. And uh, what we're shooting for, yeah, we had some response. That feels so good. Uh, we're, we're tentatively shooting for June 21st, which is Father's Day. And we're not going to be able to meet in the school this summer. Uh, and so as we're kind of working on a location, uh, we're working on some of the details of what that gathering could look like. So, um, but if you have your Bibles, let's turn to, to Romans chapter 12. On April 4th, 1968, the U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy strolled into Indianapolis for a campaign rally. He had just gotten news that day that Martin Luther King had been shot and murdered. As he was getting ready to address a crowd of uh, African Americans in Indianapolis, he decided to write words. And these words came out to be very candid. No speechwriters involved. And whatever you think about RFK and his politics and his policies, he said these words, which are true. As he approached the crowd, he said this, in this difficult day and this difficult time for the United States, it is perhaps well to ask what kind of nation we are and what direction we want to move in. You can be filled with bitterness, with hatred, and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country, in great polarization, filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend with compassion and love. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence or lawlessness, but love and wisdom and compassion toward one another, and a feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country. So I shall ask you tonight to return home and to say a prayer for the family of Martin Luther King. That's true, but more importantly, to say a prayer for our own country, which all of us love, a prayer for understanding and that compassion. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, We'll have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness. It is not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, want justice for human beings who abide in our land. 52 years later, here we are in the midst of once again, which a crisis, a, a great tension within our country. Uh, watching the news uh, just last night, just feeling this generational pain come out and trying to solve what the answers, or trying to figure out what the answers are. How do we solve this? Again, not something that gets solved overnight. When we think about our role as the church, as the church in society, how do we speak into this? How do we move into these moments of great division and hatred and misunderstanding? When we think about Jesus, Jesus responds to evil in this world, not with a deafening silence, and he doesn't respond with more evil. 
he, respond, he responds with the cross. The cross, the object of violence. Jesus dies. He sacrificed on the cross for the brokenness of our world. The body of Christ here, in the midst of the brokenness of our country, what does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean to follow the way of Jesus? How do we respond in the midst of brokenness? I don't know where that music's coming, but I like it. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 reminds us this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. It's moments like this where we think about the pattern of this world, a way to respond with outrage, a way to respond with anger and bitterness. And you have justification to do that, to feel that way. Lots of people feel angry right now. But the way of Jesus is one of self-sacrifice. I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this passage in Romans 12. He says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily re recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I love those words as, as Eugene Peterson paraphrases this idea of not conforming to the world, but being transformed. And he has this little line in there that I think is kind of, as a church, something for the summer that we just want to hone in on. Fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. In the midst of all the noise, in the midst of everything that's happening, that our source of life and wisdom would be God to fix our attention on God as a church, as a people, as our families. Something we want to focus on this summer. For the next eight weeks, we're going to be going through a series uh, called Life is Liturgy. And the, the goal of this is to fix our attention on God in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uh, just the social strife that we're experiencing, in the midst of uncertainty with the job situations, the finances, the health, all of it, to fix our attention on God. We've created a journal. Uh, this is a tool that we hope will be helpful for you this summer. Uh, we have a digital copy of it if you want to get it. Um, it's on our website. It's in the email. Uh, we have some hard copies for you as well. But the hope is that every single day, we will be fixing our attention on God. We fix our attention on God uh, through liturgy. We fix our attention on God through a liturgy a rule of life, a, a certain type of spiritual formation that we, we form our whole day around. And this journal is going to help kind of allow for us to do that. When you think about a, a, a liturgy, originally in the Greek, liturgy uh, meant the work of the people. This is the work 
of God's people. And it wasn't initially connected with spiritual or religious practice, but over time, liturgy became the formulas and the practices used by God's people for worship, offering our lives as living sacrifices, our spiritual act of worship. Liturgy refers to the practices and rhythms of life that open us up to the presence and power of God. So we fix our eyes on God through liturgy, through developing a type of rule of life that forms us into what God wants. Again, quoting Peterson, he says, the task of liturgy is to order the life of the holy community following the text of Holy Scripture. It consists of two movements. First, it gets us into the sanctuary, the place of adoration and attention, listening and receiving and believing before God. That's kind of an interesting thing we have to do this summer, right? We're scattered everywhere. But it gets us into God's presence. It goes on to say, there's a lot involved. All the parts of our lives are ordered to all aspects of the revelation of God and Jesus. And then it gets us out of the sanctuary and into the world, into places of obeying and loving and ordering our lives as living sacrifices in the world to the glory of God. There's a lot involved. All the parts of our lives out on the street, participating in the work of salvation. What does it mean for us to be out of the sanctuary, out on the streets, participating in the work of salvation? Those are actions that must be intentional, thought out. And this is our spiritual act of worship. So fixing our attention, we fix our attention on God through liturgy, and it forms us deeply into the culture of God's kingdom, the way of Jesus the way of the cross, the way of sacrifice and love and forgiveness. We create rhythms in our life with this liturgy that form us to be the kind of people that God wants. We create habits. We create uh, disciplines. And the hope is this summer is that we would hone in on those disciplines to be God's people, that our heart would be softened for the things that God's heart is softened for, that we would have eyes to see as Jesus sees that we would be a holy and set-apart people in the midst of the culture around us. How do we do this? How do we fix our attention on God? Well, here's some steps that we're going to be taking. The first is that we want to begin the day, every single day, with prayers and scripture. And I don't know about you, but this is hard for me, even as a pastor. I wake up, and the first thing I do is check my phone and make sure that my Clash of Clans army hasn't been attacked. Maybe for you, it's you check the stock market. Maybe it's you check Twitter, and then you're just triggered for the rest of the day. Maybe you're on social media. Maybe you're watching the news. But what if we started every single day with prayer, with scripture? The journal will challenge us to do that uh, this summer, to stop, to pause. The old monastics uh, had a prayer that they would pray when they would wake up every single day, and it comes from Psalm 51, verse 15. It says, Open my lips, Lord and my mouth will declare your praise. And this was a discipline for them. They wouldn't even talk until they spoke this prayer aloud. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. So the first words that came out of their mouth every single day was scripture. Submitting their words to God, that he would open their mouth so that they may declare their praise. What a great way to start every single day. And that is our challenge, is to, to start every morning in prayer, in scripture. There's all sorts of tools to help with this. 
especially with our phones, you can get the Bible app. I would recommend the Bible Project, a great way to, uh, to have scripture kind of inhabit your digital world. Or maybe it's just grabbing a Bible, opening it up, going through Psalms, going through Proverbs, starting day in scripture and praise, letting the day flow from this place of experiencing the presence of God. The second thing is this, is to be intentional about practicing the rhythms of grace this summer. Practicing the rhythms of grace. We start from prayer. We start from this place of God's presence. And then we say, how can we be intentional today about being the body of Christ? This might look like acts of kindness, of servanthood. It might be the words that I'm using, the awareness of God around me in every moment, the being present with others, being attentive to life, allowing God to form our thoughts, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be pleasing in his sight. In the journal, there's a list of these different things that you can do. Maybe you can walk through them, and it's this visual reminder to practice the rhythms of grace every single day. In a world that is so full right now of, of bitterness, of hatred, of anger, a world that is tense, to be good news, to be salt, to be light, to be people of justice, to be people of truth, to be people who listen well, practicing the rhythms of grace every single day, to wake up and say, Lord, speak to me. Show me the opportunities to serve. Show me the opportunities to love. Give me the eyes to see, the ears to hear. The third thing is to be intentional with relationships. So we start the day in prayer, we practice the rhythms of grace, and then intentional with relationships. We ask the question, who am I connected with today? Do we, do we view every experience as a holy encounter? That every person that we run into is a person created in the image of God, and they have a story. And God loved that person so much that God was willing to die for that person. That means humans are sacred. There's something about the human soul that's eternal. Are we intentional with our relationships? Maybe this summer in the midst of all the division we're experiencing, you might want to put this challenge in uh, for step number three. And that's to connect with a person who looks different from you. Connect with a person who thinks differently than you. To build a relationship and a bridge instead of throwing up a wall or burning things down. To build bridges with each other. How am I being intentional about people that I am different than? Being intentional all through our relationships. And then the fourth is to end the day with reflection and thanksgiving. To end the day with reflection and thanksgiving. So hopefully this is on the forefront of your mind as you wake up, as you go through the day, as you end the day. This liturgy to live your life as a liturgy. As you reflect and as you give thanks, a couple things to consider. At the end of each night, what is it that you need to confess? What is it something that you need to say, Lord, I messed up here. I messed up with this conversation. I messed up with these thoughts. I messed up with how I handled the situation. And I just want to bring it before you today and confess it. What is it that you need to grieve? There's death all around us right now. There's loss all around us right now. Grief is something that is helpful and healthy. Grief is something that as you read through the Psalms and the Lamentations, God's people bring the grief, the pain that comes with that to God. What is it that you need to grieve? 
not allowing just this pain to, to bottle up, to build up, but to get that out. Where did God show up today? Another question to reflect on. Where did I see his presence in my life working among me, amongst me, amongst my friends, at my work? Where were those little God moments? Reflecting on that, pointing those out, being reminded of God's goodness throughout each day. And then what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? Thanksgiving and gratefulness is incredibly powerful. And in the midst of a season where it feels like everything's falling apart, where we feel like life is slipping out of control, where there's uncertainty, being reminded of the gifts that God has placed in our lives every single day. Or be grateful for the life that we're living. So we start the day with prayer. We practice the rhythms of grace with great intentionality. We consider our relationships and what God's doing in the midst of them. And we end the day with reflection and thanksgiving. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great pastor, theologian, author uh, from Germany, says this. We begin the day in silence because God should have the first word. And we end the day in silence because God should have the last word. With all the noise that we're hearing this summer, let us fix our attention on God. Let us hear from him. Allow him to form us. Allow him to fill our minds with the culture of heaven that we wouldn't conform any longer to just the way that the world works and reacts and treats each other. That we would be the people of the cross, people of resurrection. That we would be people of the way of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the example of the cross, Lord, that you laid down your life for the brokenness of this world. And you invite us into the story, restoring our relationship with you, but also calling us to a way that is holy, a way that is different. Lord, and in a broken world, let us be good news people. People of compassion, people of understanding, people of patience. Lord, this summer, as we fix our attention on you, I pray that we would prioritize our relationship with you. that we would stop, that we would slow down, that we would be discipled into the culture of the kingdom of God. And Lord, this summer, may this be, even in the midst of this pandemic, a time of rest, a time of revitalization for your church a time of renewed energy. And on this Pentecost Sunday, Lord, would you continue to pour out your spirit on your people. May you renew our minds today. Amen.